everybody, welcome back to live the Purple Friday podcast by Live from the Hammock. Um, so the Ravens win. They're on to their their bye week, a much needed bye week. They're on a three game win streak. Um, our boy Trey was down there in New Orleans. Um, it seemed like a lot of fans. I think Ravens fans tend to travel pretty well in New Orleans and have been for the last few years. But you could definitely tell by the end of that game, you could hear the fans doing the chant and stuff. And um, oh, yeah. it was, I will say, uh, first half of the game, we saw kind of the same old stuff we usually see. Um, Lamar, at times in the game, definitely looked like he, I don't know. He wasn't forcing anything. He definitely just looked like he was just all. Um, I think what we saw in the off season, him working out, he got the zip. You know, with the ball, he's got more. He can get the ball downfield a lot quicker. But the one thing I think he definitely needs to work on that ne- that last step. I think he needs to make is that touch factor, right? Being able to throw the ball to a spot and have yeah. your guy either run under it or run to it. Uh, I think there was that one play. I think they said to, it was to Oliver in the back of the end zone. Um, Troy Aikman said it. He was like, if Lamar just throws the ball in the center of the end zone, it's a touchdown. Because Oliver was right there. The, the linebacker or the safety was like, I don't know, three, four yards behind him. So he's like, if he throws that thing to the spot for Oliver just to go run to it, it's a touchdown. But instead, Lamar throws it right over his head yeah. um, as a dart. And the other, you know, play that everybody kind of talks about I think is Demarcus Robinson coming over the middle and he's wide open and Lamar just throws it at him instead of throwing it to where he's going to be um, and I think that's we've seen him be able to throw outside the numbers we've seen him be able to throw over the top of the defense he can read defenses he can throw he can throw to different spaces and stuff like that we've seen that I think now for sure can he's got to work on getting that um, knowing where the guys are throwing where the guys are going to be, right? Because I think that's the difference when in pro football compared to college football is that in college football, you can just throw it right to the guy. He's usually yeah. wide open. There's no one around him. He can kind of stand there, catch the ball, and then make the play. But in the NFL, you only have a so much window, so much time where a guy is open. And you got to be able to just kind of hit – if you can hit him in stride. It, I mean, he did that on that touchdown play to Isaiah Likely. You know, they did that roll out there, and he throws it to Isaiah Likely. I mean, perfect right there um so i think that's another part of his game he's got to get going um i will say though the defense of the football with roquan i didn't i did not i i knew roquan was going to be a great addition to the team i did not expect however to him have this big of an impact quick that quickly um it allowed queen to kind of just go and play 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 his man or whatever that be the running back or the tight end or thing. Uh, allow allow Kyle Hamilton to kind of feed off him, and you know, and uh, several times during that game would line up on the line of scrimmage with the other with the, with the lineman, and then drop back into coverage. You know, because Roquan can do that. Queen could not do that at all. He was he was if you if the quarterback saw Queen doing that, they were going right at him, right at him. But with Roquan back there, they have to think twice now about going over the middle because Roquan is so good. Um, and then Justin Houston. I mean, he's, he's he's second in the league right now in sacks. Second. <laughs> second That's in the a league far cry. He's second in the league in sacks right now. Um, and I will give, I'll say, I'll give a lot of credit to Mike McDonald and how they've been going from game one now to game nine. 
and the usage of Justin Houston instead of using him every pass rush down, they're using him on different different scenarios and different sequences and stuff. And it, he seems like yeah, he. Lo- I can't, I'm pretty sure Houston, Houston has to love it. He has to love it because he's out there putting up stats that he had to put up in over I don't know close to ten years. So, um, all in all. Uh, it was a good victory to go into New Orleans. I don't care what anybody says; it's still tough to play there. It's a it's a it's a crazy crowd, raucous crowd. And now that the Ravens have three straight wins going into a bye, where they're going to get some guys back, um, I think that it's. Um, I'm not going to say that they're they're Super Bowl contenders yet, but I think they're they're definitely on the right track to finding out their identity, especially on offense. And now the defense is starting to close out football games going forward. Yeah. Um, you know, there's just been so much growth through this season. Like, I think that's what I can see right now. Like, we've had we had a, a early high and we had some deep lows. But we're seeing progression. Like remember earlier this week, um I shared that like we went from the worst defense in the league, I think, after like week four or five. Mm-hmm. And now we're like in the top 18 in all defensive categories. Uh, so I think the biggest thing is like we've improved. Mike McDonald is starting to call better games. You know, I'm not a big fan of that zone defense, but no. calling a better game. And you're seeing players in positions to make plays. Like how 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 often did the pass rushers cry in Baltimore about the lack of opportunities, the lack of rhythm the past couple years? But now you're kind of seeing that leash come off and you're seeing like a guy like Justin Houston put up those numbers. I mean, what, eight and a half sacks now? Yeah. Yep. I mean, you're you're seeing people get after the ball. I mean, even Owe, like, you know, we criticize him for not getting these sacks, but there's pressure. I mean, Justin Matabuke is having an all pro season. Like, yeah. like we're seeing what this defense could be in January. And I think they're going to get better. Like, I, I totally think it's within reach that this defense can be a top 10 defense by the end of the year in all categories. Um, they just have to keep improving. And we're going to get guys back, and you're going to see the depth come through. I mean, we just got Tyus Bowser back. He was on a little pitch count. But, I mean, I saw him get some pressures. So, um, I think this defense is sky's the limit. And I want to touch on Roquan. You know, Roquan brings something that we haven't seen in a while. Like... I remember the days of Ray Lewis. Not only could he run through blocks, but he found a way around blocks. Like, he may not have overpowered people at times, or he may not just outran people, but he could just slide through and make a play in the backfield. And I was watching a clip on Twitter uh, where they were showing, like, Roquan was just sliding past, past the guard and into the backfield to get a tackle. And that's kind of what Queen cannot do. Yep, yep. So the ability to get off blocks, get by blocks, and just slide your way in to make a play, I think that's something that's key. And we saw the level of the defense increase with him on the field. So I'm super excited about the defense. Offensively, it was an up-and-down game. Overall, I felt like we just dominated offensively. But the little things are keeping us from being great on offense. I think we're an average to above average offense right now with the potential to be a great offense. I don't care for like fifth in points. Like I'm talking about play A to play Z, like just dominating 
Um, I think we left three touchdowns on 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 the board. I think, you know, that kind of falls on Lamar. I love Lamar, but as you were saying, like that one throw to the end zone, you know, he just overdrove it. And I don't know if it was something like where he just didn't trust what he saw. But those are plays you have to make. You have to you have to put your receiver in a position to make that play. And you no, know, we can't afford to for those throws to miss come playoff time. Like he doesn't miss a lot of throws, but when he missed, it's big. Because um, there was a touchdown to Isaiah Likely that was left off the board. Mm-hmm. Um, was it that touch? The one in the end zone was Oliver. And, and Apple, yeah. another one to Robinson. So that's three touchdowns right there that could have blew this game wide open and, and made it less scary at the end. I mean, I don't think it ever really got scary, but, you know, close enough. But, uh, you know, offensively, I like what I see. Ronnie Stanley. I mean, I want to apologize to Ronnie Stanley because, you know, I was frustrated with him. You were frustrated with him. Trey was frustrated with him not getting on the field. But when he got back on the field, I guess, hey, I guess we can't say nothing. I guess he just knows his body. But when he's gotten back on that field, like, (laughs) he's been an all-pro level. Like, I was uh, showing y'all the stats. Like, he's only allowed, uh, uh, he's only lost, like, two I guess two matchups or like has given up two hurries and 120 uh, pass blocking snaps. So like he's playing at an all pro level as a pass protector. Tyler Linderbaum has been outstanding this season, especially for a rookie. Like we're seeing a lot of parts starting to work. We still need more from the receivers. I think a good amount of that is the play calling, but I think we're still dropping passes. Um, you know, we're not making plays, but I mean, I, I still believe Greg Roman is still hold, holding this receiving corpus back. But um, I love what I'm seeing from Kenyon Drake. I mean, he's getting so much more comfortable in this offense every week. It's going to be scary at the end of the year. I think what he'll be able to do. So, like, overall, I felt like this was like it was a good game. It was a game we needed is that we needed to be able to dominate. Um, but there's still a lot of room for improvement. And I'm just excited for this team coming out of this bye week. I think I think the sky's the limit, but I think we have a lot of work. Oh, yeah, like, like you mentioned, I mean, uh, I think you mentioned in the chat, like there was no Duvernay rush plays at all, like him in the backfield. Like he had, what, one target, I think, the whole game. Um, that, again, like yep. you, you, you don't, you're out without Rashad Bateman, and, you know, Andrews was down. You can't, you, you have to, even if those guys are healthy, right? He's your next best option right now. J.K. Dobbins is not out there. He's going to be out for another couple of weeks. Um, Gus Edwards is still on the men from his hamstring. So, I mean, passing-wise, as far as a receiver, is, he's your, he is your best option. And not just in the – I mean, he is so effective in, the, in special teams. He's effective. He can run the ball in the backfield. He can take reverses. He can catch the ball on slant. Like, he can do a lot. He's a Swiss Army knife for this offense right now. Like he can pretty much do anything you need ask him to, um, but you cannot keep you can't keep getting away in these games where Duvernay doesn't touch the football, right? It's like in basketball where it's like when you're going down the court, you make sure everybody made sure Kobe Bryant touched the ball first, or Jordan touched the ball, or LeBron. Like you made sure even if they didn't score on that drive, they touched the ball, right? Like it's main you make sure your playmakers get the balls in there and get the ball in their hands. Right. And we've seen too many times, and not Duvernay's fault, that Greg Roman just seems to forget about Duvernay. 
Like I hated that after that Jets game. Was it? I think it was the Jets game. Uh, he was. Uh, was it? Um, uh, Greg Roman said he. Oh, I had to write down, make sure I get Duvernay involved next week. No, that should be. There should be like. I think you said this like in our week two, in the week three or week four show. Like, you need to manufacture every time you have you do game plans each week. You need to have four or five manufactured plays for Duvernay every every game. Period. Where you just get the ball in his hands. Period. For at least four to five, four to five touches manufactured. He's getting the ball. You don't just go through the playbook. Oh, let's make sure we get Duvernay involved. No, we need to make sure you can spread it out over the course of a, a half or a whole game, whatever. Make sure he gets the ball in his hands. Now, organically, he gets the ball. That's one thing. But you need to make sure he gets the ball in his hands. And the Ravens have been getting away. You know, with you know, they're playing not so great teams, so they've been getting away with not been having to give the ball to Duvernay. But what happens when they come when they go, you know, when playoff time comes around and Duvernay is hasn't touched the ball in two, three games? You know, he's you gotta make sure he he's involved in the offense as well, like you said. Um again, and also that offense last the, the the Monday night, I mean, we didn't we didn't see a lot of that spread formation stuff that we thought we were gonna see. Uh, in that game, um, they did run the ball fairly effectively, pretty much in that game. I, I thought it was funny that Kenyon Drake got a drug test <laughs> right, right after. Day. <laughs> I'm like, oh, come on, he didn't even get 100 yards, man. I could, I could get it. I could understand if he had like that Alvin Kamara week, like well, a week ago. We had three touchdowns and stuff. I could, I could understand that, but yeah. come on, like, but um, yeah, I think there's uh, even Troy Aikman. I think said it during the game, like this, the Ravens dominated the game from first quarter to fourth quarter you know the score made it look a lot closer than what it actually was um but like you said if the Ravens score at least two of those touchdowns that Amar you know misses this game was a blowout you know I'm turning this game off and I'm turning this game off at like maybe a midway through the third quarter you ready to go to sleep <laughs> um so I mean I think it's like you said I think it's there it's definitely there um I don't like the fact that um, now that the pundits are like, yeah, the Ra- I heard them all this morning too. I love. I think after you told us on the chat, I was like, let me go look back some of these uh, the shows or whatever. To everybody, I'm like, oh, I don't like this. I don't like this at all because the hardball starts to feed into it. You know, the hardball starts to feed into the the media hype and stuff and how good we are and stuff like that. And then they act like they don't have to improve anything. They're doing just enough to win, right? Um, but they act. They, I'm hoping that they're aware of. The next whatever how many games you guys are playing aren't against good teams all right but come january you're going to be playing playing the best teams in the afc you need to make sure that you start working out some if you got some stuff in the vault greg roman <laughs> that you haven't you know put out there yet there's some stuff you probably need to, this will be the time to work it out this will be the time to get that going um i did like on defense though um how it seemed like everybody it seemed like there wasn't a lot of confusion in this game right everybody on defense seemed to know their assignment uh there were several plays where he had Kamara trying to run outside and Dafe Owe was like right there playing contained didn't let him get in didn't let him get outside get past get past him um they did a phenomenal job there and uh the cornerbacks did a really good job while they were playing man coverage like you mentioned when they were playing man they did really well once they got to I'm, I'm always worried about this Ravens team when they get up by four, ten or more points. They're like, all right, let's play zone. No, <laughs> no, it does not. We, we don't. We are not a zone team. That's, that's not what right. we do. And then, of course, you know the bonehead play of, you know, Chuck Clark not cleaning up after Marcus Peters. 
and just letting him run. Chuck Clark immediately just goes to the referee instead of making the play, and the guy scores a touchdown. So I did like the fact though they showed the, they showed like during the game Harbaugh was like kind of chewing out the defense a little bit. He was like, "Come on, guys! Like I know we're winning this game. You guys are dominating everything, but let's finish the game, all right? Let's let's finish the game." Like we've been here before. We can't give these guys any kind of glimmer of hope that they can possibly win this football game. Um, but yeah, another thing I think we mentioned on the chat too, like Marcus Peters. Um, I, I, I love Juice Man. I love MP Juice Man, but um, it's uh, it's he's he's becoming a liability out there. It's, it's he's looking bad, and he, he's it's not even the fact that he's these guys are outrunning him. He's missing on uh, the stuff he's taking chances on, like the one he said he thought the. I think Marquez uh, is it Cantrell or I can't remember his name. Marquez Callaway. Marquez Callaway. Callaway, yeah. Um, he thought he was doing a post route, but instead he, you know, moved it outside. And Marcus Pierce is sitting there, like in the middle of the end zone, just kind of looking like, I hope you don't catch that. <laughs> right. Nobody <laughs> so, near him. <laughs> yeah. All right, Trey. What's going on, man? Hey, what's going on, guys? Yeah. We thought you were doing a target run, man. <laughs> oh, not this time. Not this time. <laughs> no, nah, we were just, uh, yeah, we were having a voice with you guys. Okay. Yeah, we were talking, uh, we were just kind of going over the Ravens game, you know, real quick. And, you know, since you were down there, what was the atmosphere like? You know, what was the atmosphere in New, in New Orleans? They have a crazy atmosphere. Like, I'll say this, like, no matter what their record says, that stadium gets super loud. And, um, you know, it's indoors, it's in a dome, super dome. And noise just bounces off of the walls, and the fans are the fans are awesome, man. The fans are super loud, super passionate. But I will say, uh, you know, by that fourth quarter, I would say like mid to top of the fourth quarter, they started hit, they started hitting the exits. So it got a little quieter uh, at the end. Yeah, but uh, definitely a good atmosphere. Had some nice seats. We were sitting next to those. Uh, you know the, the guys dressed up as Saints in the yeah in yeah bro. Mm-hmm. they're like yeah. every home yeah. game yeah I see them yeah yeah so I was sitting right near those guys so it was a it was definitely a good time and but the fans were great overall definitely one of my favorite uh, stadiums I've been to so far nice yeah uh, did you guys make it down I know I heard they said a lot of Ravens fans headed to Bourbon Street or whatever down the French Quarter. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. We did all of that. Um, and, and I didn't touch, you know, strategically. Um, I didn't mess up Burger Street at all. I waited till <laughs> game day. So yeah. on Monday before the game, that was pretty much the pregame and the tailgate. I, I swear to you, all of Baltimore was, was, was down on Bourbon Street, was at that game <laughs> on Monday. And then after the game, we head right back to Bourbon Street and finish the night out. So so Monday was definitely a heavy bourbon day, but that was a given, you know, yeah. considering the game. So, yeah. Nice. Um, yeah, so um, I guess we can kind of look forward to, you know, what the rest of the rest of the, of the year holds out. Now they're having entering their bye week now. Kind of wanted to go over the standings as they, as they are right now in these different divisions and kind of just so we can kind of assess, you know, where we went wrong or where we were right on. And let's start with the AFC East real quick. This is a very competitive division right now. And it's only because the Bills have had their missteps. <laughs> um, the Bills are six and two. The Jets are six and three. The Dolphins are six and three, and the Patriots are five and four. I mean, I don't think anybody thought that this was going to be. Everybody, this the Patriots. Patriots are going to be a losing team this year. They're not going to be good. 
and they thought that Jets are going to be the Jets. It's probably when it builds in the Dolphins. Look, the Josh Allen injury right now to his UC to his elbow. We haven't. We were supposed to get an update on Tuesday about his injury. Haven't heard anything yet. That tells me mm-hmm. it's a little, it's a lot more severe than they thought it was. Um, and they're trying to get all the opinions and all the stuff they need to figure out. Can he still play on it? And if he can, how much longer can he play until he actually needs surgery um, on that elbow? If he if he misses any significant amount of time, this whole division can flip right now. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you look at Tyreek Hill and with the Dolphins. Tyreek Hill, uh, they said it on the radio on my way back home. Has he's been throwing? He had exactly a hundred targets this year. He's caught 70, 76 targets out of a hundred this season. Seventy six percent catch percentage, which is amazing. And he has eleven hundred yards already. Oh. So he's on pace for a 2,000-yard season. But he only has, wow. like, three touchdowns. That's it. <laughs> he only has three touchdowns. Yeah. So you're looking at the impact. And look, Robert Sala, that, that, that it's not necessarily that Jets offense. That Jets defense has got to come to its own now. Those rookies are playing their, playing their butts off. Sauce Gardner is, he's the man. I had, I look, I had my doubts about him coming out of Cincinnati because he didn't play in a big, you know, big conference and didn't play a lot of, um, I guess, quality talent when he, when he was there. But that man has locked down some of the best receivers in the NFL this season. And he's been phenomenal. He's been phenomenal. Um, and look, I'll give credit right now to Bill Belichick. They're five and four in a division that, that no one even thought they were going to be in contention in right now. Um, so it's, it's weird because we thought it was going to be, we thought it was going to be the AFC West, right? It turns out it's the AFC East. That's the most competitive right now. Yep. Yeah, I kind of feel like, you know, it's kind of funny. Like, the Jets are our best victory this year. Yeah. We think about it. Like, they're 6-3, and and that's probably the toughest opponent we've played that we've beaten. So, uh, yeah, the AFC East is it's just weird. It's so weird because, like, it's gone so many different ways already this season. Like, I think after we lost to the Dolphins, I'm like, oh, the Dolphins might win this division. They're in contention, but, like, dominating. Um, the Jets, I thought, like, their record would fall off by now. Yeah, by now. Yeah. They, they keep winning, and I don't understand how they're winning. Like, they have a real – and it's not like they're blowing teams out. Like I think their point differential is like plus twenty, but they are playing winning football. Like, like you said, at Sauce Gardner, he's playing like at an All Pro level. Like he started out the first couple weeks a little slow, but he's playing mm-hmm. at an All Pro level. But I think this division going like to the end of the season, it's really going to come down to whatever is going on with Josh Allen. Because if it is more serious, like you say, like, ugh. <laughs> like the division is totally up for grabs because I just started looking at it like New England's still in it like they're really only two games out everybody else is pretty much tied up like this is a tough one this is a tough one to go yeah. yeah yeah I agree I mean who would have thought like just a few weeks later you look up and and, and the Jets are and the Patriots are in contention and, and here here the Jets they have the same exact record as we do at six and three. Like you said, yeah. all of the records are pretty much, you know, game pretty much a game difference between the whole division damn near. And um the Patriots, um I, I still have them as, you know, bottom of that division, but 
Are like you, you sure? said, it's pretty much anybody's division at this point. And then you have, um, um, like you said, the Jets. I think they're probably, you know, one of the more formidable opponents. Like, you know, that that's a team at this point nobody wants to play. I mean, like you, like you said, Travis, we that was one of our tough games, you know, earlier this year. But we also played them when he had Flacco. So, like, who's to say that, you know, it wouldn't have been a different scenario? I mean, when they put in Zach Wilson, um, you know, their, their game plan kind of changes altogether a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, you know, with that type of football, they've been playing, they've been running the ball well. Um, unfortunately, we're, you know, with Brees Hall, um, Brees Hall's with the Jets, right? That's, that's the yeah. one that tore ACL. Yeah. Yeah. So, unfortunately, you know, they, they would definitely look a lot more scary if they still had him. But they seem like they haven't really missed a beat. I mean, with the combination of uh, James Robinson and Michael Carter Williams, they're still yeah. kind of, you know, doing what they got to do on the ground. So that makes them dangerous because you know they're a good running team, like we are, and they also have a good defense, like our defense. So um, in that division, that that's how they're able to go out and and beat a team like the Bills. Um, and this Josh Allen news is going to be huge because not only just the AFC East, but if he's injured. You know, that's going to change everything. That's going to open everything up for the AFC, period. So, we'll, we'll, we'll stay tuned and see what happens with that. Um, but like you said, Miles, uh, we haven't heard anything. So that's usually a bad sign. Yeah. Um, and, and, that, and that first phone call that they they, they, they showed with uh, Sean McDermott when they asked him, uh, I think a day after the game or something, it it didn't look promising. He didn't look yeah. positive, and he didn't say it wasn't major. <laughs> so, that's never usually a good thing. Yeah, it's uh, it's if you're a Bills fan, I mean, I feel I feel so bad for them. I just do. They, they can't catch a break, man. They can't. Yeah, nope. They just can't catch a break. And if this is like a time, this sim, they said it's it could be similar to what Matt Stafford is dealing with right now. If that's the case, like I mean, it's like that's Tommy John surgery. He's gonna be out for probably another another year. If that's the case. I don't, I, I, that, and they're the situation right now. So if it is a if he needs that kind of surgery. You'd be like, do you really want to force it and have him play and further damage it or do it now? So that's by the time he's back, you know, it's what, week 10, week 11 next year. And maybe you're still in it. I don't know. But we'll, that's all speculation. We don't know what's going to happen with his situation. So hopefully it's not that bad. Cause I, 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 we saw how good he was in the playoffs last year. I think it would be a disservice to NFL fans if Josh Allen and that Bills team is not like – and a, and a force in the playoffs this year, right? I, 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 need, I need to see that. But um, AFC West, Chiefs right now six and two, Chargers five and three, Broncos three and five, and the Raiders two and six. Um, yeah. uh, I think everybody look. You know, we everybody, including us, and all the pundits around the around America, said the same thing that AFC West. And the beginning of the year with all the offseason moves and the draft picks and everything else that happened, we're like, this is going to be the gauntlet, but you're not going to see a more competitive division in NFL history. This is, they're going to be beating the crap out of each other. This is going to be down to the wire come week 18, week 17, week 18. This is going to come down to it. And here we are, the the Broncos and the Russell Let <laughs> Unlimited unlimited Broncos are three and five after getting the contract he got in the offseason and they're still struggling to get an offense on the field every week. Um, the Chargers are quietly at five and three. They haven't been making a lot of noise. Keenan Allen <clears throat> has been out since what, week one? I think he played the first week and he's been out ever since. Um, I don't know what's going on with him. 
Staley is still a terrible game manager. He's not that good. Uh, I'm surprised at this point with the Raiders. I'm surprised that uh, Josh McDaniels set the job with the with the, with the, with the Raiders. I I am just I'm baffled for the fact that you had a team in last year that had their head coach fired because uh, some emails came out of him saying you know some racist stuff. They had to have an interim coach in with all that stuff going on, and they were still able to make the playoffs last year. How is it that you made you improved your team? You upgraded your team. You brought back everybody. You brought in there Devontae Adams. Okay. Um, you brought in Chandler Jones on defense. You already still had Max Crosby there. Uh, you still have Brandon, you still have Brandon Jacobs. I, I don't understand. I don't understand why they're two and six. I don't get it. And I, I, but I, you know what? I said this beginning of the season when they hired Josh McDaniels, I was like, I don't like the hire. He's not a, he's not a, he's not a Raiders coach. He's just not. Al Davis was a lot about when he signed guys or he hired coaches, they had to have a certain, they have to have that Raider mentality, right? They have to have the certain bad boy, bad guy kind of aura about them. Like they didn't really care about the officials and they're going to do what they want to do kind of thing. But Josh and Daniels came from New England where they everything is to the T, to the book and da, 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 all this other stuff. And this is his, what, second stint doing this? This may not be for him. You know, he made he made, this may not be for him. I don't know how much I would I would I would have thought that they would have fired him by now, but I think if he gets one more loss before he gets a win, I think he's done. And, and the fact that this division is not as competitive as it, as we thought it was gonna be just goes to show that winning the offseason doesn't guarantee you a winning winning record at all. You still gotta go out there and play the game. I think that's super true because it's like this division made all the moves. They made all of the moves. All like, the big moves, right? Yeah. Like the trades, the the coaching this is the coaching additions. Like the Raiders put all that capital into Devontae Adams and they forget he exists at least half the game. Mm-hmm. Like they, they, they don't get the ball into their playmakers' hands. They literally have a Pro Bowl running back in Josh Jacobs who they inconsistently get the ball to. I mean, I I don't know if it's scheme. I know Derek Carr, you know, he hasn't played consistently good. But there's just a big hole of them not putting the ball. Same with the Ravens. Not putting the ball in their playmakers' hands and forgetting them. And they have a higher level of playmaking playmakers on offense. You know what I mean? Devontae Adams is a top three receiver in this league. So there's no excuse not putting in the ball in his hands as much as possible. I, I don't understand it because... They've showed clips of him being open time and time again, game after game. Um, Denver, that's just a that's just a cluster. Like that, that's a whole mess. <laughs> but, um, I just expect this division to be so much better. Kansas City's just they're going. I just feel like they're about to run away with it again. I mean, they're really yeah. starting to hit their stride, and those receivers are gaining confidence every week. And I think Patrick Mahomes is gaining more confidence in him. Orlando Brown still sucks. But they're able to make up for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I I mean I echo those sentiments, man. I mean Chiefs are definitely gonna run away with that division. Um unfortunately, we all thought it was gonna be a, a 
uh, a lot more competitive. I think in one of our, um, I think one of the first shows uh, we did, Miles, you had we had uh, discussed this division in detail and who are oh, our yeah. picks and everything like that. And we just thought like, you know, across the board. I mean, I think I had the Raiders. Um, you guys might have had the Chargers. I think. Yeah, I think um, I had the Chargers. Yeah. And the and the Chiefs, they they just you know they only have two losses. I mean, the Chargers are still one game behind them, but it seems like they're still a mile behind them. Like, yeah, I know they're only one game yeah. behind, but it, it's not a true indication of how they've been playing. Right. So, you know, the Chargers are heavily inconsistent. The Broncos, like Travis said, is a cluster, and and the Raiders, I, I would probably rank them as the most disappointing of it all. I mean, um. Just the fact that the talent that they have and the pieces they've added. I mean, Russell Wilson is not like, you know, he's coming ever like in his super prime. I mean, I think we'd all expect him to play better, but it's not like, you know, you went over there and we thought he was going to take him to a Super Bowl or anything. The, the Raiders, I felt like on both sides of the ball were at least, you know, a, a squad that can, you know, make some noise, at least in that division, even if they don't, you know, make it to an AFC championship. I thought they could at least take that division or at least be competitive with Kansas City. And they haven't proven to do, to do that. So it's it's going to be interesting. Um, the Chiefs are definitely about to run away with this division. Um, they do have a couple of battles coming up. I mean, the Chiefs have, uh, they do have to play the Rams. The Rams are a cluster as well, but, you know, you just never know, you know, what type of team they're going to put on the field. They do have to play the Chargers again, obviously. They have the Bengals, Broncos, Texans, and Seahawks, which is going to be a very interesting game. Um, that's yeah. their last game of the year. Actually, no, they have the Seahawks, Broncos again, and then um, and then the Raiders again. So they, they have two losses. The AFC is about to be really interesting because, like I said, they're sitting at 6-2. and two. Once they hit 6-3... and three, you know, it's a lot of teams with three losses right yeah. now. So they put themselves right back in the mix. And, you know, um, not this division. Like I said, this division is, I think, it's just going to fall by the wayside. But um, the Chiefs is going to be interesting to see what they do um, with the rest of the AFC. Hopefully they can get a couple more losses and we can kind of, um, you know, try to battle for number one seed. Yeah, I was just, I was looking at the Raiders schedule coming up. They're probably getting ready to play. They're probably, I don't know if there are awards for this, but they're probably getting ready to play two of the worst games over the next two weeks. They play, it's the Colts and the Raiders. Colts and the Raiders after their whole, we'll get to that later with the Colts. Um, And then they play the Broncos right after that. Um, These are, luckily these games are like not prime time. Thank goodness. Like, you know, on the the subject, I'm hoping at this point, some point they just start blacking out these games. Anybody plays Anybody plays the Broncos or the Raiders, just black out the game. Just don't show it. <laughs> Unless it's a local, like, no, don't show it. Don't show the game. Um, the AFC South. Um, this is still, I, I'll say this. I think it's because we thought the Colts were going to be a lot better team going into this season. Um, this was definitely a little surprising for them. They, you know, they fired their head coach. Um, they bring on Jeff Saturday, who's never coached even in the college level, uh, to be a head coach. And he's going to start coaching this. As I said, he's going to coach this Sunday against the Raiders. Should be a fun game of I'm, – I'm pretty sure, Trey, like there's going to be – I wouldn't – there may be six or seven of those come-on-mans from that game <laughs> alone. <laughs> yeah, and it may yeah. be all from the head – it may be all from the head coaches. <laughs> yeah. um, this, is, this, is a, uh, this is a bad division. 
on another bad division. Um, the Jags, we thought they were going to take another, take a, at least a bigger step forward uh, this year. You know, they got six losses. Uh, Trevor Lawrence still hasn't maybe shown that he's that guy. I don't know. Um, the Texans, they they play hard, right? They play hard, but they just can't find a way to win football games right now. Um, the Colts, I mean, the Titans, I, this is, I mean, they're going to run away the, with this division. The way the Titans played uh, the Chiefs the other night, um, an overtime game, um, they're going to run with the division. But however, I don't know how much longer Derek Heron is going to be able to hold up. I don't know if you guys saw any clips of that game, but at, at the, at, there was like around the fourth quarter, Derrick Henry was like slumped over. Like <laughs> they only had, I think, uh, in the not this past, not this game, but the game before that, where Malik Willis was, I think, his first game playing. They only had him throw six passes, six, yeah. six passes. Like, come on, come on. Like, I, you can't win a football game only throwing six passes. Well, I mean, I can't say that. Bill Belichick did it. Against <laughs> Bill Belichick did it. Uh, was that early, late last year, or early this year? Um, so he did it. But I mean, in most games, you can't do that. They can't just rely. They were this offense is still heavily relying on Derrick Henry to a fault. Um, you know what you got to do to beat them. I will give them credit that Mike Brable, I think, is a hell of a head coach. The fact that they're with even losing AJ Brown and they're still in the lead in their division right now. Um, they're, so well-coached teams can get past a lot of this stuff. You can find ways to win football games. Um, but I don't expect anybody from this division to make any noise in the playoffs. Like, the Titans a couple of years ago, yes. But this Titans team, yeah, they're 5-3, but no, nah, they're not as dominant as they were before. I'm, pick, I'm standing by my pick. I picked the Jacksonville Jaguars to win the <laughs> AFC South, and I'm sticking with it. And I'm going to tell you why. They have a better point different differential than the Jets, the Dolphins, um, the Colts, and the Titans. The Titans have a negative nine-point differential. Uh, and, and based on what I've seen, the Jags have been like, they're like kind of like the Ravens. They're like a couple plays or a quarter away mm-hmm. from having mm-hmm. a totally different record. So, this division's terrible. So, I still think Jacksonville has a chance to win this division. The Colts are going to, they're going downhill with Jeff Saturday as the coach. Um, the Titans, like you said, like, Eric Henry's about to break down. Ryan Tannehill, I don't think is healthy enough to carry this team anywhere. I don't think he's good enough and or healthy enough. The receiving core is god-awful. I think the Jacksonville Jaguars still have a chance to win this division. And I'm hoping on it. Travis, I'm 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 actually gonna double down on that with you. Oh and, <laughs> okay. And, okay. And, and reason being I I just I don't believe in if I says more about how I feel about the Titans, I really just don't believe in the Titans. I mean I understand they you know they had a great game. Um not a, I wouldn't say a great game, but you know, they they against the Chiefs, you know, they, they, they made it competitive. They made it competitive, but I mean, he still threw for, like, damn near 500 yards on him. I mean, it's not like this is the type of game that they're going to be winning games with. And, um, like you said, Derrick Henry is not going to be able to carry them with with no help. I mean, the game, you know, the, the Titans team were used to Derrick Henry. He, he's used to gashing the other the other side and, and, get, and wearing teams down. But then also they eat off the play action a lot. That's that's That was their, their game plan before, but now – the workhorse, like completely, like they don't really have any other option. 
he comes off the field, their 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 opportunity for for first downs are like are, are low. And you saw in, the, in that Chiefs game when Derrick Henry, you know, at the end in that fourth quarter when they're trying to make a comeback, Derrick Henry's useless in those situations. They just take him yeah. out of the game. He's on the sideline trying to catch his breath. There's no play calls for him. They're not throwing it to him out the backfield. So he can't do everything. Um, to, to to Travis's point, um, with Jacksonville Jaguars. I think the one knock, um, you know, with uh, Trevor Lawrence, he, he, he's been pretty inconsistent this year. But in the games that they've won, you know, all he's done is not make mistakes in those games. So I think if he can limit making mistakes, they prop, they, they have the team to, to, to take the division. I mean, they're only two games behind, so anything can happen. And they have a pretty good running back as well in ETN. Oh, yeah, so, he's... Yeah, he's a star and, and, and to me, yeah, he's a he's a star. He's getting hundred yards easily every week. He can catch the ball in the backfield. He can make you miss. He's he's a scorer. So you know he's steadily he scores touchdowns every week. Uh, and you know this this division actually has the best running backs in football. They have Derrick Henry in his division. They have Jonathan Taylor in his division. They have Etn in his, this division, and they have Michael Pierce. Who, yeah. dish, who, who on uh, what was that? Was that Thursday last week or I forget, I forget the, when he played against the Eagles? Yeah, against the Eagles, he gassed the Eagles, the number one team in football. Yeah, he gassed this team. Arguably, I mean, this division arguably has you know the best running backs in football. So to me, just because the Titans have Derrick Henry, it doesn't it doesn't tell me much. You know, it doesn't tell me they can take the division. It'll right. be between them and, and and Jacksonville for sure. And I can see either one of those taking it, but I wouldn't be surprised if if Titans you know wet the bed. Um, in the next few weeks, and, and the Jaguars start to try to make a push. Yeah. All right, um, NFC South going to go across another conference here. Uh, Buccaneers leading the division right now, four and five. Falcons four and five. Saints three and six. Panthers two and seven. Um, I know the Falcons are. I mean, the Falcons and Buccaneers are tied. I I, I get it, <laughs> um, but I think right now. And look, both like also, I'm looking at the the points allowed. All the teams here have terrible point differentials. They're all bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so all the offenses for the NFC South cannot really score. I mean, Tom Brady led the team down. Uh, was it this past was it Sunday night or whatever Thursday night, whatever mm-hmm. he played, and they won the game. But I mean, they barely scored any points. Um, this. The, the only way I'm, the only reason I'm giving this to the Buccaneers, I think going forward, is because they have Tom Brady. That's the only reason. Marcus Mariota isn't going to do much for the Falcons going forward. I mean, they're gonna, they're gonna hit, you know, they're four and five, so they're they're right there, close to five hundred, but they're gonna falter a little bit. The Saints don't know which quarterback they want to put on the field um, at this point. I mean, they're putting Taysom Hill out there every hour of the play, and now Andy Dalton's out there every other play. Jameis out there. We had the shoulder pads on. He's out there with the, with the headset on, but I, I don't know if he's ever going to get back in the game at this point. And the Panthers fired their head coach a few weeks ago. So this 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 division close to maybe that close to the AFC West right now is uh it's it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. And then like I said the Buccaneers are only going to be again. This is another division where I've seen. Uh, even no matter what team comes out of it as the winner of this division, they're they're not going to make any noise in the playoffs. This is not this is division is a non-factor at this moment. Oh yeah, I think um, 
the both South divisions have the worst quarterback play in the league right now. Yeah, I think the NFC South. I, I hate to say it with Tom Brady, like he hasn't had great quarterback play this whole season. Um, I don't know who's going to take this division because I don't trust not a single team. Like they, they, you don't know what you're going to get week to week with either of these teams. Um, if Atlanta wins it, that's that's pathetic. But Atlanta has a great run game. I mean, they got like a top three run game in NFL yeah. right now. So I think that gives them a chance to win the division. I'm hoping that Tampa Bay pulls it out. I really want Tom Brady to bounce back from all these issues this season. Um, yeah. But I just don't know. Like, Tampa Bay is just not the same team. It's it's completely night and day from what we've seen the past two years. Um so I can see Atlanta taking it. I don't expect much from New Orleans and Carolina. Who cares? That was my pick. That was dumb. <laughs> um, I think but the way Atlanta's playing, I think with them getting Cordero Patterson back and, and that that young running back, uh, I, I can't remember his name, Tyler Alligator, like their running game is really solid. And I think that could carry them to a division win. Like you said, they're not going to do anything in the playoffs. But I think they have a chance to win that division. Yeah, yeah, and, I, and I'm not sure to be honest. I mean, I, I think it will be the Falcons or the Bucks. Um, I, for every you know every reason for the Falcons that Travis mentioned, the Bucks. Um, they they got Thomas, man. They got they got Thomas on their team. That game that they just barely won. Um, Tom Brady actually took him down like two times to score and Scotty Miller dropped the wide open game when the touchdown pass the first time and he just went back down and scored again um, to get the win so the fact that that factor still exists in the fourth quarter if you keep the game close against the Bucks, you have to lose against the Bucks. so that's kind of where I'm at with that um, the, the Saints and the Panthers are pretty much going to be out of it I mean they're still only a, a game or two behind but the Saints haven't really showed me anything but I will say I don't want to judge the Saints too much against the Ravens uh, game. I mean, from the Ravens game, just because the Ravens offense is something that they're not going to have to see. Like, that defense was not used to what they saw on uh, on Monday night. So, the, the thing they have going for them is that, you know, the teams that they're playing, they, they don't have to really prepare for a Lamar Jackson or, or that type of offensive scheme. And I think a lot of the times that throws the NFC off when we, when we play those teams because it's just, you know, don't typically the game plan for so and they were coming off a win before that so who knows um but i think it's going to be either the bucks or the falcons and i wouldn't be surprised if tom comes out of the division again with the win yeah all right uh look at the look at next the nfc north vikings are seven and one uh packers are three and six bears three and six lions two and six um I'll say with the Lions, I, I thought, you know, in the preseason that with the coaching staff that they had, um, they had some good young players that I thought they were going to be a lot better with um, the way they are. Their offense isn't terrible, but their defense has given up has given up a lot of games for them. Um, they've been they've been competitive in most games they played. There's been a couple blowouts, but most of the games they played, they've been very competitive. And again, it's just a Lions thing, right? They just can't seem to find a way to win. Um, and right now it's like, you know, I mean, they got Jared Goff as their quarterback and they still, they still have to go find some things to get done. Um, they still have to go get some things to get, you know, quarterback. They still have to get some things to get done there in Detroit. They need some wide receivers. They, they need more than Aiden Hutchinson on defense. Um, Mm -hmm. they need to start getting some picks or something like that to get going. Um, 
The Bears, I feel like the Bears are starting to get comfortable with Justin Fields now. They got Chase Claypool. Um, they're letting him kind of run the Lamar offense he ran in 2018. Um, he's active in it. Um, it may be a few games too late, but they're at least starting to find their rhythm, so to speak. Um, mm-hmm. So I wouldn't say that they're that they're three and six. I think it's too little, too late because the Vikings are seven and one. But um, the Packers, on the other hand, Aaron Rodgers, you were talking about a cluster. That's a cluster over there in Green Bay. Um, they gave this man fifty million dollars to steer their ship for the next three to four years. And he's been complaining on every outlet he can about his receivers, about how everybody's playing bad but him. Um, And he made a mention, I'm a former MVP, I'm two-time MVP, I'm still good, I'm still this. I'm like, you haven't been playing like it, man. We're this The NFL and sports is all about recency. And you, this year, you he threw three turnovers in that Lions game last week. And I think if two of them were in the red zone, something he never does. They yeah. mentioned that. They were like, Aaron Rodgers, among act, among quarterbacks, I think over the last decade, has the lowest percentage of throwing turn, making, causing, tur- getting turnovers in the red zone. He's one of the safest quarterbacks in the red zone. He threw two of them in that Lions game. Two. That shows me that he, he's, I don't know if he's not drinking the ayahuasca or he's drinking too much of it. Um, but he clearly, <laughs> again, I think it's this is this is the problem when you have one player control the entire team. I mean, you look at it right now with LeBron and the Lakers, they're going through a similar situation right now. When you let one guy, I mean, and look, LeBron's a great guy and everything, but when you let one player dictate how the entire team operates, you're not a well-run team. And that's how the Packers are just kind of giving the reins to. Uh, Aaron Rodgers because Matt LaFleur is not a good head coach so he's just kind of sitting there hoping Aaron Rodgers can bail him out week to week and this is what it shows Aaron Rodgers is not willing to develop any of these wide receivers he's not willing to develop any of these wide receivers right now uh, he's sitting there making excuses for wide receivers that are young that are this young they need a guy like Aaron Rodgers to be like you know you guys look I got you guys I know you guys are young I know you guys you know are struggling a little bit but you guys are new to the league we're gonna get through this you know we're gonna get better he's not doing it Aaron Rodgers is like that grumpy old man sitting on the porch because all the kids are playing outside but <laughs> yeah. like that's what Aaron Rodgers is right now like he's he's collecting his check he's got his money and he doesn't care it seems like he does. A lot of people are throwing out the, the throwing out the uh, the rumor that maybe he's doing this on purpose just to spite the, the Packers organization. He's doing it on purpose now, just to spite them, because they can't do anything. His contract's guaranteed. They can't do anything. So it's like that. That's a cluster over there, at Green Bay, and it's a, it's a shame because Green Bay is such a storied franchise, and Aaron Rodgers has been a been a big part of it. But now it's sadly, but now sadly. The, the two quarterbacks that they've had that have been the, the most storied are becoming the biggest assholes <laughs> in the NFL and just a stain on the organization itself. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Packers are a cluster. And the Lions, you know, I just wanted to say this one thing about the Lions. They were my pick to be a surprise team. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I was definitely wrong there. But shout out to Deshaun Elliott for getting benched on the Lions after he was talking <laughs> all that trash about the Ravens not re-signing him. The uh, Lions, uh, they, they, they just lack a lot of talent. 
um, especially on defense. Um, and they have a lot of unhealthy draft picks. I think their corners towards ACL two years yeah. in a row, and this is the first healthy year. Their draft pick this year hasn't played yet. Um, but I'm going to say this. Why is nobody calling Minnesota a Super Bowl contender? <laughs> they have a good defense and a good offense. Like, is it because nobody trusts Kirk Cousins? I is don't. Is that the reason? <laughs> Kirk in yeah. prime time will let you down every time. <laughs> Like, they've literally won six games in a row. And, like, they're solid across the board. Like, they really – they have playmakers, solid defense. They have two crazy weapons on offense in Justin Jefferson and uh, Dalvin Cook. And it's like I haven't heard anybody talk about Minnesota as a Super Bowl contender. And they have the second-best record in the league. I'll tell you yeah. this, Travis. I'll cut yeah. you off real quick. When you, I, I, when I, when we all saw the clip of Kirk Cousins shirtless on the plane flying back from playing the Commanders with all the chains on and, you know, with the sunglasses on, I was like, this is a bad omen for the Vikings because <laughs> no good team celebrates beating the Commanders. I don't care. You left that team five years ago. Let it go. <laughs> okay. Like, let it go, man. Yeah. And you barely beat them at that. You barely beat them at that. Yeah. If they had a better I mean, quarterback, they probably would have won that football game. Yeah. For real. So I'm like, you guys are celebrating beating the Commanders? Get out of here. Get out of here, man. That's not a yeah. real football. <laughs> I, 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 I get it, but I mean, I, I let that man have fun. I mean, I, I'm, a fan, I'm a fan of the you like that and the and the ooh-wee and the, and the wearing the chains. I mean, I think his teammates have a lot more to do with that anyway, but the, this Vikings team, man, they're like, like Travis said, they're the second best record in, in football. Um, but seven, they're seven and one, but it feels like they're four and four. Like, I think if you just watch the games and just kind of see how they're winning, they're not really winning games in too much dominating of fashion to to be believable. And I think the one primetime game they had, I don't think Kirk Cousins looked great. So I think it's just kind of one of those things where we'll see it. You know, we'll believe it when we see it. And right now, I, you know, hasn't been any super impressive wins that we've seen where we were like, oh, wow, the, the Vikings are it. Um, but, you know, that might work in their favor. I mean, nobody's checking for them. So, um, you know, they, they, they definitely have the talent on that roster, defensive-wise, you know, the Darius Smith and everybody over there. And offensive-wise, they have one of the best receivers in the game, Justin Jefferson, one of the best running backs. They got Delvin Cook, who's been playing phenomenal, and he's staying healthy at this point so far. I think we're just used to the Vikings, you know, Kirk Cousins, you know, letting us down. And we're also used to Dalvin Cook not being healthy and things like that. So I think that stuff just sticks in our head. Um, you know, all the money that Kirk Cousins has robbed the NFL of. Like, all of that stuff just kind of sticks in your head. When you, so I think that's why people are kind of overlooking their schedule. But, you know, clearly they're going to cruise out of this um, as division winners. So, you know... No matter what you say, I mean, you know, they, they're going to take this division easily, you know, because the rest of the division is trash. Uh, the Packers are trash. Bears are trash. Lions are trash. Bears do seem like they're they're getting it together. They have a plan, at least it seems like. Um, they're going to kind of just give the reins over to Fields and, like, you know, let him run the rock a little bit more. Uh, there's really no hope for, for the Packers. Um, and I think they got a tough game this week. I can't remember what they play, but they have a tough game. Uh, I think they play Monday night, maybe. Is it? They don't. No, I, actually, I can't remember what they play, but I know this, it's a tough game, apparently. Um, and the Lions, you know, it, it, it looked good in the beginning, but, you know, they started to fizzle out kind of almost immediately. So, 
Yeah, Vikings are going to take this division, and it's it's going to be a, a breeze. All right. And so we'll look at the uh, NFC East real quick. Um, another division that's fairly competitive, especially if we can consider it being that way. <laughs> Um, the Eagles, of course, the only undefeated team right now in the NFL, 8-0. Uh, Cowboys are right behind them at 6-2. and two. The Giants are still winning football games there at 6-2. and two. And the Commanders still somehow, I guess, kind of yeah. in there, 4-5, and five, but just only because of how bad all the other teams are in the NFC. Uh, they are looking better. They are looking better. They're looking – they're going to get I'll Chase Young back probably in the next couple weeks. Um, and look, I'll say this about you know Tyler Heineke. I don't know if he is the starting quarterback in this league, but he the, the teammates love him. They absolutely love that guy because you can tell they play a completely different. They tell they can play completely different when Tyler Heineke is in there versus Carson versus Carson Wentz. When Carson Wentz is in there, they just look they look dead. They just look uninspired. As soon as Tyler Heineke and is in there, they're like slapping his helmet. They're like. Uh, hold him up on above their heads like they love that guy they love that guy um i think they just i think the it's time for the command look they got their own stuff going on the financial stuff um and uh they're apparently getting investigated by the uh, dc district the dc attorney general just filed a lawsuit against them about uh um um, workplace uh, issues and stuff so they got they got a whole bunch of stuff going on <laughs> with the commanders right now so they're kind of where we expected them to be. They're still competitive at four and five. So I mean, if they finish the season, considering with everything going on, and finish maybe maybe eight, nine, nine and eight, I think they've had a that was a successful season for them. The Giants, on the other hand, six and two, where nobody expected them to be because they don't have any wide receivers. They traded Kadarius Tony, Kenny Galladay. I guess will be playing his first game this week after not complaining about not catching the football all season and but when he's in the game can't catch a football uh but they're still finding a way to win football games um brian dayball is a pretty good head coach i'll give him credit the wet the fact that they've been finding a way to win these football games and i think like you said trey that's another one of these teams where they've been winning ugly right they haven't been winning pretty at all maybe but they've been finding ways to stay involved in these games long enough they can steal a couple plays away or maybe get a turn over here or get a field goal there or something. And Saquon Barkley can break another 75-yard play or something from scrimmage um, and win the football game. So they, they find a way to stay competitive. This Cowboys team, 6-2, and two, but they're completely reliant on that defense. The defense is really good. Don't get me wrong. Micah Parsons, probably defensive player of the year, hands down. Um, however... I, I will say that the receiving core, CD Lamb being the being expected to be number one guy this year, hasn't has, he hasn't been consistent enough week to week um, for me. Michael Gallup is still, you know, he's like a more of a three guy. To um, Zeke Elliott seems like his gas is running out, but Tony Pollard is clearly their running back one right now. I don't I don't know how they. I know they use Zeke more on the field, but it's clear that Tony Pollard is a running back one. Like he's, he makes a lot of the splash plays. He can catch the ball in the backfield. He's been phenomenal. Dak Prescott coming back from his hand injury, so it's gonna be interesting to see how they look going forward, especially when they play the Eagles again. Mm-hmm. Um, probably gonna be for the division, but the Eagles at eight no. Um, look, they've been they've been dominant on pretty much every side of the, every side of the ball. 
the Jalen Hurts, I think we we all said in the preseason, right? If Jalen Hurts makes that next step, this team's going to be great. They had the talent. They're on both sides of the ball. They've been drafting very well um, for the last few years. They made the trades in the offseason. If if Jalen Hurts could take it to that next level, they're going to be good. And that's, that's, what's, that's what's happened. Now, they have noticed, though, in the last couple games, their run defense is not good. We saw you said in that Texans game, I think a lot mm-hmm. of teams that are coming like, wait a minute now. We saw we we found we found something in the armor. We found a chink in the armor. <laughs> you know? Yep. We found something. We found a hole in this wall. Like, you know, it's uh just there's a weakness here. And teams going forward, so we got for the Eagles, they're gonna play the commanders next week, this coming Monday, Monday night football. You know, they still got um is it Brian Robinson and uh Antonio Gibson that so they could potentially run the ball. The Colts Jonathan Taylor against that Eagles defense, Aaron Jones and the Packers running against Corey Dillon against um, the Eagles, Titans against Derrick Henry. So it looked like they were facing teams that were very bad, but now with this defense being weak against the run, it could be cause some issues the next mm-hmm. few weeks. Can they hold up? Now to see, this is the tough part I think about being undefeated is now that you've been winning so long, you don't know what it's like to lose. And my fear is, and I think I don't think they're gonna go undefeated the whole season. I think they're gonna lose one one of these games before the season is out, at least one or two. Um, mm-hmm. But how do they handle that loss? You know, they've been winning so much that if they lose the first time, you know, you don't crack everything. You don't start from you don't start from scratch. You still we won eight eight games in a row. You were doing something right. Um, the the key is going to be how do they handle that loss week to week and another thing too is what's the vibe in that locker room are they thinking about the record right now or are they more so we need to get to the Super Bowl you know if we lose one of these games whatever but as long as we win the division we're good so I think it all depends also on that mindset that the Eagles have right now going for the rest of the season Listen, I'm gonna I'm say it like this, right? For the for the Eagles, I think Jalen Hurts is really not about to have an MVP second half of the year. They have there's been zero pressure, right? Because they've had so much like it's just been easy for them between the defense being so good early on to these new uh, AJ Brown has played out of his mind. So I think when they start hitting adversity and Jalen Hurts really has to step up and be that guy, I don't know if he's going to be that. If he ends up being that, then cool, that's great. But I don't think when they really face <clears throat> real adversity that they uh, that he's going to step up and be that guy. Right now, it's just super comfortable for him, and he's playing great. But I want to see when this team faces adversity, and that run game is suspect. I want to make this note real quick. Jordan Davis has not looked like the number 13 pick or whatever he was. Um, mm-hmm. I know that's somebody we coveted, but Jordan Davis has not looked good this year. Um, but as far as the rest of the division, um, honestly, I think uh, if, if Philly starts to stumble, I think Dallas can take this division. I think if they if they really uh, continue putting the ball in Tony Pollard's hands, I think Tony Pollard is an all pro running back. I think he's, I think, you know, with Zeke's contract and, and how this team is ran with Jerry's influence, that's why Zeke is still the guy. 
But like you said, Miles, like Tony Pollard is the RB one. That that guy's talented. He's averaging six point four yards a carry. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no reason he should have been getting the ball more. He's he's the person that can lead this team to a division title, um, and it'll take all the pressure off Dak because Dak is another quarterback who can't carry a team. He can put up stats, but he can't carry a team. But Tony Pollard is a guy that's gonna that can be that guy that your team can ride all the way to a division title. So um, the Giants. I don't know. I don't know. Like, it's a great story, but I just, I can't. You have to make plays in the passing game. You have to have a great quarterback um, to, to be a contender and to win the division title. You need that good quarterback play. I just don't think. I think they're going to, they might sneak in in a wild card, but division title, no. But um, this is a really good division. Um <clears throat> But I, I think Dallas can still pull it out. I just I just don't think Philly is as good as their record is. They remind me of the Steelers from a couple years ago. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's one of those things where I, I feel like the division is uh, it's actually it's usually a, a very underwhelming division. Um, but I can't even you know knock them this year. Like the division is super competitive. Everyone's in it. I can see Dallas winning the division. I can see the Eagles winning the division. I think they're going to lose two games. I'm not sure um, against who. Um, one of the games of mine is the Titans game. They do play the Titans um, in Philly. Um, they do have to play the Giants uh, again. Well, actually, they still have to play the Giants twice, and they have to play the Cowboys again. So they, they have about three or four games where you know they're probably going to get put to the test. I mean, it's still you know, an easy schedule overall. Um, finishing out, but they're gonna, like Travis said, face some adversity at some point. It's gonna be interesting to see how they're gonna gonna go ahead and handle that. Um, Dallas, that defense. I mean, I, I think they have more than what it takes to, to to close out to win this division. That that defense is 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 incredible. I mean, they've looked amazing all year. Um, that D line is ridiculous, and long as they keep forcing mistakes, I think they'll be fine. Um, I, I think they can actually close out. With the Eagles, like you said, I don't think... It, it does seem like it's been too easy. And Jalen Hurts has been playing incredible, but he hasn't been getting touched either. He hasn't been getting sacked. He hasn't been getting hurried. He hasn't been getting pressured as much. Um, but, you know, maybe that's just a credit to how good their line has been playing. But, you know, that's something we're going to see when they have to play Dallas again. So it's going to be interesting, um, and I do like how the commanders are playing um, behind uh, behind the other quarterback. And you know, they, they, I don't think they're catching the Cowboys or the Eagles, obviously, but you know they're going to make it comp- competitive. Um, Philly's going to be playing them on Monday night, so yeah. it's going to be interesting to see how how that game goes, and that could be a, a telltale to to how the rest of the season is going to go for Philly. Mm-hmm. So, yep. All right. Um, so we'll finish off right here with the NFC and AFC North. Ravens six and three, Bengals five and four, Browns three and five, Steelers are two and six. Um, the Steelers are kind of where we expected them to be. You know, rookie quarterback. Um, he's thrown eight interceptions, I think, already <laughs> um, this season. He's he again. He's he's a rookie, so I mean, I'll, I'll give him the leeway here. He's coming right behind. You know. Ben Roethlisberger in his career, so it's going to be a lot to a lot of big shoes to fill. They have a talent there. On they've always had a wide receiver talent there, right? But um, they're you know without T.J. Watt, haven't been with, have been without him since week uh, week one. I think he got hurt in week one. 
I know his injury, I think they said, was only supposed to be four or five weeks, and here we are in week nine, and he's still out. Uh, I think they may be a situation where he actually did maybe tear a good part of his labrum, but also because of how their record looks right now, they're like, if we lose one more game, we're, there's no no reason for us to bring you back and further injure you and potentially lose you for next season. Like, there's a, there's a point when you're a team where you have good talent, where you start to, like, you know what, this ain't worth it. This ain't, this ain't worth getting you guys hurt. And you know guys want to play, but at the same time, it's like we got to worry about next year too. You know, we can't just worry about this year. Um, so that's where the Steelers are right now. The Browns, Browns be Browning. You know, the Browns are the Browns. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it is what it is. I mean, they're they're three and five. They're literally points points forced is two hundred. Points allowed is one ninety nine. They're literally average. Like <laughs> they're an average mm-hmm. football team. Um, basically, if they were to if they were to uh, if another point on the points allowed and they had 200 or even, they would tie every game they play <laughs> at this point. Um, yeah. They're they're not a good football team. I think we're, we're coming up on Deshaun Watson getting the start in a few weeks. Uh, so that'll be interesting to see, you know, I guess what the welcome will be for Deshaun Watson, even in Cleveland, um, you know, with all the allegations and stuff still going on. I think he had one get submitted like a couple weeks ago, brand new. Um, so we'll we'll see his reception there, even by the team, because Jacoby Brissett has been with everything going on. Jacoby Brissett has been doing his best to hold the team afloat, you know. And um, you know, we'll see if they we'll see if they we'll see if they you know respond to Deshaun Watson. You know, the, the guys have been like, we've been here, you know, for twelve weeks. Where you been? I know you've been suspended, but you were out here being a perv. So, you know, it's it's it'll be interesting to see when that pops up. Now, uh, the Bengals are sitting there right behind the Ravens. Uh, the, of course, I said the Ravens are six and three. Uh, the Browns are sitting. I mean, the Bengals are sitting there at five and four. Um, they're not the same team. Obviously, that Jamar Chase is hurt. Um, they're not the same team they were last year. They're clearly not. Uh, that Super Bowl hangover is real. Um, Joe Mixon, however. She had what five yep. touchdowns last week? Five touchdowns. Yep. He, I had him. I had. I had him. I had him and Alvin Kamara on the same week against me. Oh man. Oh man. There's no <laughs> way. There's no way. There's no way. I was. I lost by like 150 points. And I think I scored 120. I was still lost by 150 points. Like it was insane. <laughs> it, it, they're like, but I, yeah, Joe Mixon is probably the one right part of that team, I guess, when you know Jamar Chase being out, but. Um, the old line is still not good for the Bengals. They spent all that money in the offseason on new offensive linemen. That's still there's still a struggle there for them. Um, there, when you look at the, the the games that they're playing right now, especially recently, um, I mean they blew it, they beat up on the Panthers. Like, that was like, the game that Joe Mixon scored, you know, five touchdowns. But um, they got beat up by the Browns the week before, thirty-two to thirteen. I think we talked about that on the, the on our the show. Whereas, like, we, I went to sleep and it was like 11 to 11 to zero. I think the Browns were up 11 to zero. And by the time the game was over, the Browns just opened up another can on them <laughs> and put up 30 points. And I'm just like, this Bengals team, I, I'm pretty sure, like, when they lost to the Browns, I'm pretty sure they felt bad about themselves. But again, it's, it's, it's another kick in the face to them because it's like as much as they did all that talk in the end of the season going into preseason about how good they were going to be and how they were going to dominate this division it just lets you know that 
you know, when you got that target on your back, are you able to take that pressure? Are you able to take that pressure when the target's on your back? And they've got the talent. they got good young talent, but it also maybe puts a question out there. Is Joe Burrow... I think he's good, but, you know, everybody thought after that Super Bowl game that he was going to be the number... I think a lot of some preseason um, rankings had him as, like, the number three or number four quarterback in the league, preseason-wise. Hasn't been that guy. Um, now, the Ravens, on the other hand, like we've talked about the Ravens ad nauseum on this show. Um, <laughs> but I think that the Ravens look like the most consistent team right now in the division. Like like we said, I think now that they got three, three straight wins under their belt, it feels like that they actually have they're finding themselves. They're finding their identity. They're finding out what works. And their defense is getting phenomenal. Right. Um, so I think it's I'm not going to say the Ravens are going to run away with it because they still got to play the Bengals at the end of the season. So that still could come down to it. Um, but right now, I think that the Ravens still still hold this thing out. still the best team in the division. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, yeah, this division... Like I, I think the X factor for the rest of the season is what happens when Deshaun comes back because Cleveland's not too far out of it. Like it's not, it's not done for. Like they have a chance to be a wild card team, and, and depending on how you know us and the Bengals play, they may have a shot in the division because we don't know what that team looks like with Deshaun. Um, I hope if it's like it was in the preseason, then you know they're still proud. But I think the real threat to us is really just the Bengals. Like they, the Bengals have flashed in some games, but overall, they've looked pretty average. Um, I think they're just our biggest threat. It really just comes down to the Ravens. Like for this division, it comes down to the Ravens. The Ravens, like I don't care what any pundit says, the Ravens are the most talented team in this division. The Ravens also have the worst coaching staff in this division, in my opinion. Um, well, no, let me take that back. I forgot about the Browns. Um, <laughs> the Ravens have the second worst coaching staff in this division. So I think what it's going to come down to is can we overcome the uh, the mediocrity um, of our offensive coordinator, the uh, mediocrity of our head coach. So I think if we do that, we're, we can we can honestly win out the rest of our games. But I think if we falter. It would, it would be due to coaching or us not coming to play, playing down to our opponents. But we're definitely the most talented team. So I think this division, should we should run away with it. Um, from the start of the season, we should have run away with a lot of things. So I think it just comes through Baltimore, and our biggest threat is an average team. Yeah. Yeah, I think um... – you know, Baltimore's obviously the clear leader um, in this division. I, I don't think, I know it's only a game in front of uh, Cincinnati, but I don't think we're going to have an issue. I mean, we've already beat them once, so it's, you know, we're only a game in front of them. It's more like two since we kind of got the head-to-head matchup over them as well. Um, the Steelers, Steelers, Steelers are not concerned with at all, um, you know, with their injury. They only got two wins at this point in the season, which is just crazy to say. Um, just too many injuries to overcome at this point and uh you know no tj watt and things like that i think they actually might activate him they, they were thinking about still activating him this week or next week so we'll see like i said i, I would probably be okay with the decision if they just shut him down seeing as how the season's going but we'll see what they decide with that 
Um, the Browns, you know, they're, you know, three games back. Uh, we'll see what happens when Deshaun gets there. But, I mean, you know, that team, they should have been doing what they've been, you know, known for, running the ball. I mean, they should just be pretty much, you know, relying on their run game, which they usually do well. So, I mean, Deshaun's going to come back. I'm not sure how much of an immediate impact he's going to be. Um, but I'm just glad that when he comes back, they're three games behind already. So hopefully it stays that way in the next few weeks and we will still won't have to worry about that. But I don't really have any faith in the Browns. Um, and Joku can't stay healthy. Jacoby Brown, Jacoby Reset is uh, pretty much, you know, really good sometimes and really bad sometimes. So he's really inconsistent. So not really a threat to anything I'm concerned about in this division. Um, Cincinnati, that offensive line is just terrible. And I don't think it'll be like last year where they can kind of out-talent having that, especially without Jamar Chase being on the field. Um, Mixon did look great. I mean, he had five TDs. Um, so, that you know, that's pretty much their best thing they have going for them. But I don't feel as threatened uh, by Cincinnati without Jamar Chase being on the field. And with that offensive line still playing the way they played, um, Joe, Joe Burrow hasn't, looking, ha- hasn't looked the best with, with those factors. So... Um, that's why I think the Ravens are just going to run away to the division. You know, we're six and three, but we should easily be undefeated uh, just based on how the first, you know, part of that season. So I don't really have any concerns about the Ravens right now. You know, as far as finishing out and closing out this division, obviously, you know, we have greater aspirations and we have to, you know, still tighten some things up, you know, to prepare for playoff football. But I think just the way our defense is coming together with the addition of Roquan and, and how everyone's game pretty much got elevated almost instantly when he stepped on the field, I think that's going to do dividends for us in the long run. And also um, our offense and the way this, this run game has kind of answered the challenge and stepped up. I mean, the line is blocking better. Um, Travis, I think you said the stat about how Ronnie Stanley's playing. You know, he, he's pretty much playing lights out. Uh, haven't had pretty much any issues out of the offensive line in general. And Lamar seems to be, you know, getting the ball out quicker. Um, you know, he's not holding on to it as much. I know we were getting really frustrated with that in, the, in early in the year, you know, but, you know, because of certain circumstances, you know, he just kind of had to improvise. But I just like the way uh, we're moving now. If we can just only give all of our playmakers opportunities to, you know, keep spreading the ball like he's been doing and hopefully, you know, just give DuVernay a consistent role in his offense. I think we're going to be fine. And then we also have, um, you know, Gus coming back and uh, Gus coming back and Andrews coming back, you know, after the bye. I think we're going to be in the perfect situation um, after this bye, bye week. And it's going to be up to us not to shoot ourselves in the foot. So uh, it, d- it does feel like we're, we're turning a corner and, and, we're, and we're about to actually start playing for some Ravens football. And, all, you know, only thing I can say is that we'll, we'll continue to do that at a high level if, you know, we coach as good as we play. And hopefully that happens and, you know, we'll run away with it and make some noise in, in the AFC as a whole and not just this division. I'm not concerned about this division yeah. at this point. So yeah, um, before we close out, I just like now we're at the bye week, and you know there's still a lot of expectations for this team, for this Ravens team going forward. I think when they come back from the bye, they have what the Panthers, I think, are first, and that's our that's a home game for us. I think, uh, yeah. Then we have the Jags after that. Then they have the Broncos, 
the Steelers, December 11th. Uh, then the Browns after that, the Falcons, Steelers, Bengals. Um, with the way the offense has operated the last uh, six weeks, um, even in the Saints game, they still still are struggling to put up 30 points um, in these games. Uh, I feel like that, that Saints game, they should have. They, sh- I definitely feel like they should have scored 30 points in that game. The Buccaneers game, we know they that whole first half was just trash, so it is what it is. But that, that Saints game, I think like you said, Trey, at least that game started to feel like, all right, if they start to connect, they start getting that, the, the mark, and start connecting with these wide receivers a little bit better going forward, they can start maybe dominating some of these games coming up, especially the Panthers and Jags, right? They have these they'll have these opportunities to actually put some 30 points on the board and not just win the football game. I think the Ravens have been good at lately of been able to win the football game and grind it out. But I think they start need to start getting back to where they were in the first couple weeks where they were dominating the football game. Like we go into this game, we're going to beat them by 20 points or if it's 18 points or whatever. And we're going to no doubt in anybody's mind, we're the best team on this, on this field. I think at some point, but even before they get to that Steelers game, the Panthers, the Jags and the Broncos games coming up the next three are the perfect opportunity for them to make a statement you know um my only concern is going forward you know aj brown ain't walking through that door uh jerry judy ain't walking through that door Tariq hill ain't walking through that door they got who they got right now uh rashad bateman is out deshaun jackson already had a hamstring issue in the game against the Saints. <laughs> um so i mean i don't know where this passing attack goes from here we saw some glimpses of it in that Buccaneers game but you know when it comes into play in the January time I'm not really worried about the rest of the season but when it comes to January can this offense I'm not worried the run game is is good it's great the running game is one of the best it has been for the last three four years since Lamar's been there but the offense I think I said this a couple years ago I'm not expecting this Ravens passing offense to be top 10 if the running game is number one, if their passing attack can at least be 15 through 17 as far as ranking, if they can be that level, then I think this is a Super Bowl team. I think the way they run the football, you let Lamar throw the ball maybe 20, 25 times a game. Okay. The defense controls the clock and gets some turnovers, and they've been getting sacks more frequently lately, more consistently. This is a recipe for this team to win a Super Bowl. But again, the passing attack for the Ravens is still lacking right now. Um, if I look up right now, Ravens passing rank, they are, let me see here. The Ravens are 27th right now in the league. In passing, and I, I'm just like we—they've been here before. We're rushing attack number one, number two in the league, and their passing has been almost close to dead last in the league. And we've seen that recipe the last few years of where it gets them in the playoffs, it gets them nowhere. You know, they won one game, and I'm like, I, I mean, they the, the teams are coming. The, the Denver Broncos, the Denver Broncos are a better passing attack than the Ravens do right now. Let's just throw that out. Let's just say that the Denver Broncos are a better passing attack than the Ravens do right now. That's not good, <laughs> okay. And the Broncos are are trash, okay. Jacksonville Jaguars throw the ball better than the Ravens. The Cleveland Browns throw the ball better than the Ravens do. 
this it's gotta i i feel like i again like i like i said earlier in the show when you started hearing all the pundits saying about the ravens being the now a potential with the josh allen news and stuff affecting the bills being a super bowl contender or favorite going forward i'm like i don't like that label for the ravens i just because again the hardball Ravens and how they kind of operate, they start feeding into it, and it makes Harbaugh feel like, oh, we're doing a good job. We don't have to fix anything. We don't need to change anything. We're winning football game. Like, 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 uh, like uh, Travis said in this past in the Saints game, right? They didn't get the ball to Duvernay at all. Like, there's another game where Duvernay goes goes just not not on the. He's not not there. He's not unless he's playing special teams. He's not touching the football. Like you can't keep going games where Duvernay is obviously your best offensive talent outside of when Mark Andrews is out, obviously when, outside of Lamar Jackson. You got to give him the ball. They can't keep going games like this where they got getting Duvernay the ball. And I like, I would like to see over the next six to seven games for them getting more consistent about making sure their playmakers, whether it be J.K., whether it be Duvernay, Andrews, likely making sure all those guys touch the ball. They have opportunities to make plays going forward. I think if they can start doing that, then this team can go, the, the sky's the limit. But if they don't do that, and we still kind of see the same stuff we've been seeing up to this point, I think the Ravens are, they're a playoff team, they're, but they're one and done, depending on who they face in the first round. I think what we need to see from them, like, it's really all offensive. I think we're pretty all in agreement the defense has improved and they're, oh, yeah. they're going to get better but the thing I really want to see is like mismatches like you know we're down Rashad Bateman alright he's not coming through that door Mark Andrews should be back healthy but why aren't we creating mismatches because we have guys that we can create mismatches for like we have DuVernay who's just a Swiss army knife I mean why haven't we tried to create mismatches with Isaiah Likely um, you know Put him out there, throw him some jump balls, throw, throw him some fade route, back shoulder routes. You know, he's not the fastest guy, but he he come he's he's taller, he's bigger, he's he's really thick, and he has long arms. Uh, he's a perfect candidate, you know, to strong arm those back shoulder throws. Um, and create threats. Like, yeah, we have an easy schedule the rest of the way. This is a perfect time to really put together our offensive identity because it's been wildly inconsistent. Yeah, we've gotten back to the run game, but how we've gotten back to it, like, it hasn't been a consistent flow. Like, like I think second half, we kind of just identify what we want to do. And that's great that we've made adjustments the past couple weeks, but we have not put together an overall offensive identity. It's been wildly inconsistent. Guys being a key part of the game plan one week, they're a ghost the next week. So for all the motioning and movement we like to have, we need to start threats. You know, I'm, I'm tired of seeing Pat Ricard on a jet sweep motion. Like, I don't know what, what the hell kind of threat that is. Are we just motioning him to, to block? Because it looks like we're, we're faking a jet sweep one, which nobody's falling for that. So if we're really going to incorporate a lot of these motions, we have to create threats. Create threats with Duvernay. That makes that motion a lot more dangerous and opens up other things in the run game. If we're going to, you know, do these uh, RPOs, if we're going to do these uh, these fake these fake QB sweeps that turn into uh, a downfield dump, then 
we need to create threats. Like, and I, I think that's the problem that I've been saying with Greg Roman. He doesn't keep the defense on their toes. So I think in establishing our identity the rest of the season, we need to create threats on our offense. We need to. We need to. We need to scare opponents and let them know we're gonna hit you this these amount of different ways. These are the guys you have to look out for, and we're gonna we're gonna feed them the ball in different ways until you can stop it. And then we can create other mismatches based off of that. And I think that's the thing I want to see. I want to see that happen the rest of the season. And if we do that, then we have a great chance in the playoffs. If we're not able to to turn things around on offense, then I agree with you, Miles, that we could easily be a one and done. And then we're heading into an offseason that could be a catastrophe. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree with all of that. And hopefully, you know, a lot of that stuff we can kind of figure out so we can get that identity figured out. And um, I'll say this, like, uh, just to, you know, shoot them a little bit of bail, but like, you know, there's a few there's a few throws that we've seen in, in the last two or three weeks where Lamar wish he would have had back. I mean, even in the uh, Monday night game, there's a couple of throws that change kind of how we even look at that game. Like, yeah, we dominated the game, but imagine – you know, if Lamar would have hit a couple of those throws, he probably would have went over 200-something yards passing had he not missed likely over the top. And Demarcus Robinson coming across the, 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 the middle possibly could have scored on that play. Um, there's been, like, a few more plays than I'd like to see of Lamar missing a lot of those throws. I think that's something that, you know, we can get cleaned up. I don't think that's just, you know, him him playing bad. I think those are just, like you said, just, like I said, just throws that he's just missing. And in those big games, those are the throws that we're going to need him to make. Because, I mean, I, I don't have a doubt that our running game is going to do its thing. But we're going to need those throws, um, you know, more of those throws to hit than miss um, as they've been kind of the, the case the last few weeks. So I think that that should be like a focus, um, you know, when we're not running the ball and we're like doing like a misdirection or play action or something like that. Uh, I, I want to look to see Lamar. Um, connecting on a lot of those throws um, because we, we haven't really gone downfield that much this year. Um, and, you know, not that I want them to move away from the run game, but when we do throw the ball in these play-action situations, I, you know, I want to see him be a little bit more accurate um, with what, what the defense has given him because it has been a lot of wide-open throws. So guys have been, been open. We just need to be accurate, and they also need to catch the ball. Um, but other than that, yeah, I just think, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of almost setting ourselves up for playoff ball. I mean, we're, we're kind of peaking at the right time. I think um, in 2019, we peaked like, you know, ASAP in the beginning of the season. We just gave teams so much opportunity to kind of adjust, you know, for the playoffs and things like that to our offense. Right now, it's kind of like, you know, we're kind of developing an offense where we kind of hit you in different directions. And the way our defense is playing, you know, we can, we, we can kind of formulate long drives. And also, our defense has been getting people off the field getting getting the offenses off the field quicker um, and, and playing a lot better on third down. So we're kind of seeing all that come together at the perfect time. And, you know, in adding Roquan, we're, we're now really, you know, we just saw Roquan with partial knowledge of the playbook. By the time we get back off this bye, he's going to be running that defense. So with all those things coming together, you know, I, I, I feel good definitely about the regular season. But I still want to see a little bit more because it's, it's always two or three plays a game where I'm like, if you just hit those, it would kind of just change the way I felt about the win. Mm-hmm. So um, the way our schedule set up, we're, we're kind of set up for 
you know, closing this thing out. We could win out. I'm not saying we won't stumble along the way, but if we did, I don't think it'll be a major impact if we lost one more game. But I think we can kind of close this out with all wins. We should with the schedule we have. And, and you know, Lamar's been doing it all, you know, up to this point. I think he will actually play a little bit better. Um, and that'll be trouble for anybody that we have to face because, you know, we're already playing, playing pretty good as a unit. So... No doubt in my mind that we're going to do what we got to do to close the season out. Um, I just hope it translates to the playoffs. Yeah, like you said, uh, Lamar did make a statement, uh, I think, at the end of the game. Either the post game, I think it was the post game uh, after the Saints. And they asked him, like, what are you guys going to do? The, you know, you guys are off coming up on the bye week. You know, what are your plans? And I love it. He's like, we're off, but we're not. Kind of thing. He was like, I know we're off this week, but. You know, we don't have to play, but, you know, I think Lamar, with, with the work that he put in this offseason, I know the last few weeks especially has been eating him up. Like, he, you could tell after, like you said, Trad, those passes, like, he's, like, hitting his, you know, he's hitting his uh, chest and his helmet and stuff, and, like, he he knew he missed it. He knew he was like, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm missing them. I'm missing them. I shouldn't be missing these. So I know he's going to be, I don't know if he's going to, I know some guys, you know, they want to spend some time with the family and stuff like that, but. Uh, maybe bring the guys in a little bit earlier than expected, uh, especially the wide receivers and maybe the tight ends. And like, let's work, just work on, you know, me just, you know, getting used to you guys and stuff. Cause like his receiving core has changed. Like they've been trying to find the best unit <laughs> for him to, to play with each week. Right. It changes based on who's available and, you know, what guys are playing and stuff like that with the Ravens. Uh, Cause it's like, you know, they got like five guys and, you know, only really one of them is a starter at this point in DuVernay. Um, so um, just trying to get him used to those, the same group of guys, I think, week in, week in and week out. Um, I know it's like it's, it's not until the offseason, but uh, I think I put it, we talked about this in the chat just a little bit um, before we close out here. With Roquan Smith uh, coming up contract at the end of the year and Lamar Jackson both, you know, representing themselves, both asking for, you know, this will be their first big contracts as as football players, both of them deserving. Uh, if I'll say this, if the Ravens are one and done, do they sign both of the massive deals? Or if the Ravens make it to the Super Bowl, not necessarily win the Super Bowl, but they make it to the Super Bowl, do you think that like punches the ticket for both of them? Like, yeah, they're, they're hands down. Both of these guys are going to be Ravens. And they're there, but if they don't, if they're one and done, does it kind of open the door for the Ravens? Maybe, maybe this Roquan thing is only a few game lease kind of thing, which would end up being sad that you gave up that kind of draft capital for a guy who only played seven, eight games. I don't know, only because of this. Like from what I've read, if we don't sign Lamar in season, his contract expires after the season. And we don't have the flexibility. Like, we lose the flexibility like, like how much of a cap impact this contract is. So it kind of screws us when it comes to signing both. But to answer your question, if we're one and done, I see um, I see Lamar walking. I see him trying to walk. And then at that point, we probably will re-sign Roquan because we need, you know, that star player on our defense. Um, but if, if we win it all, I think the Ravens go all out to try to re-sign everybody. It's going to be difficult. Um, 
Roquan may actually take a pay cut if we win the Super Bowl. Uh, I doubt Lamar does, but um, it's just difficult. Like I, I, I wanted to say when you first started talking about this that like the bye week is probably the perfect time to try to throw throw Lamar the bag. Yeah, this would be the perfect time for it, right? <laughs> yeah, throw mm-hmm. Lamar the bag and oh, Siri heard me talking about it. Um, <laughs> so, so throw Lamar the bag and and get that get that weight off of off of this team and off of Lamar and cruise through the rest of the season um, yes. because we still have the ability to manipulate how it impacts our cap now and in the future. Um, so, like if we're if we're one and done, I think we ha- we're looking at a catastrophe a catastrophe this off season. But if we win it all, I think there's like more hope with those two. Yeah. One hundred percent agree. Um, I, I think um, if, if this, the bye week is definitely the, the perfect time to try to attempt to get something done. Because, like I said, if we get to the end of the season, you know, we're gambling on trying to make it past the first, you know, the first round, second round, the playoffs. It's going to be tough um, if we get bounced. I think by all costs you have to sign them both. Like I don't think you have a choice. Um, I I just don't see a scenario of them letting Roquan walk in any situation so to me I think that's just a must must sign I mean they have to figure they get paid to be to, to, to figure this stuff out like I mean it's not up, it's not up to us to figure it out they're going to figure it out um, but Roquan I think at the very least has to stay Lamar's going to have an option I guess depending on if you wait too late to get it done so I, I think by all costs you gotta you gotta sign both of them you gotta figure it out and I think the perfect time is gonna be like Travis said in the bye week if we can get that done that'll be ideal and then we can really focus on getting to the Super Bowl at that point I think if we get those contracts done they'll be doing this team a huge service of letting all that stuff off their off our back and and, and Lamar just playing Lamar football free free and clear so we'll see but that would be the dream scenario that Travis mentioned if, if we somehow figured it out with Lamar and the bye week in the next two weeks. It's on Steve Ashadi. He's got to write the checks, man. Yep. He's got to be willing to. He's got to be willing. This is like you guys said. I think that was a great point there. Your team's already on a three-game win streak going into the bye. They're feeling good about themselves. How great would it be knowing that Roquan would be here for four to five more years, and Lamar would be here for another four to five more years, like? That would take this team, I think, morale-wise to a whole nother level. Like, oh, let's just go, let's go do it. <laughs> you know, nothing's holding us back anymore. Nothing's weighing on anybody. Everybody's free and clear. Roquan can buy a house here. You know, he can go to Lexington Market, go buy himself a hat. You know, all those other stuff. Like Lamar did a couple weekends ago. <laughs> you know, um, so uh, yeah. It's on. At the end of the day, I think it's on Steve Bashadi. I think the Costa one. I think the Costa. And Ozzy and all the rest of those guys and Sashi Brown and them, I think they want they've been wanting to get this done. But at the end of the day, the guy that owns the check holds the checkbook is the one that has to sign the checks. So, you know, if he's not willing to put up the money, then they're kind of they're kind of they're kind of stuck. So, but anyway, it's another it's an off week for us, so we get to kind of enjoy football and not to stretch out this weekend. Um, so that's nice. So. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. You guys got anything else before we close out? Nope. I'm good. About to go eat some dinner. Okay. I hear that because um, I'm not watching this football game tonight. 
<laughs> oh no, no, was it Falcons Panthers tonight? Nah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Falcon <laughs> Falcons will be tied for. They'll be ahead of the Bucks for a couple of days in that division, so they'll be leading the division. Because if they don't win tonight, that's that's sad. Yeah. <laughs> Well, all right, well, three nothing, and the Falcons are kicking on the ball back. So we'll see how tonight goes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So, uh, all right, that's it from us, and uh, we'll catch you guys next week. Peace. Peace. Peace.